yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. You know, you just get that feeling that Tipperary, I think yesterday, confirmed that they are officially back. Just the scores, just, you know, the intensity of the game. Tipperary threw everything at Limerick, at Limerick yesterday. And look, I even asked the question, like, what? You know, albeit, you know, Tipperary had the fallback of playing Waterford this week, but... We've seen time and time again, you know, teams going facing Limerick and, you know, a quick turnaround seven days later. What would yesterday be able to take it out of, out of, out of uh, Tipperary? Hello and welcome to the Troy and Hurling Show with me, Michael Burney. And this week I'm also joined by Eddie Brennan and John Milan to look back on a crazy weekend of hurling action. And the first question I have is directed towards you, John. I got a couple of very, very concerned text messages yesterday. They asked me, "Is John Milan okay? We think he's going to have to, he's going to have a seizure in Turles, such as his excitement at the action." First things first, John, are you okay? I'm more than okay. <laughs> no, but look, look, it was uh, an absolute pleasure to to be at that game and to to, to, to commentate on the game with with, with Gerald Cannon. You know, Monster Championship at its best. I mean, I was watching, I was watching the Clare. Car game and I'm saying in my own mind like how how are our Bow Limerick and Tipperary, you know, going to follow on from from that spectacle in in Ennis, which was which was a an unbelievable game as well. But yeah, they did. They went toe to toe, hammer and tongs. They went at it. There was no holding back, and it was every bit every bit as good as as the game in Ennis. And just you know, as a whole, I just think it was. It was an unbelievable day for uh, for hurling in, in general, and you know we touched on you know we went into it last week about the uh, two weeks ago about the old GA go fiasco, and I think what what was great was that the whole country got to witness the two games live on 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 RTE uh, yesterday, and to be there in Torres, the atmosphere was just just incredible. Uh, you know, both the Tipperary Limerick fans, what 39,000. Uh, at the match, really got behind our side, but both our sides. Uh, and look, for me, I think, you know, you just get that feeling that Tipperary, I, I think yesterday confirmed that they are officially uh, back. Um, you know, just, just, just the scores, just, you know, the intensity of the game. Tipperary threw everything 
uh, at Limerick at Limerick yesterday. And look, I even asked the question, like, what? You know, albeit, you know, Tipperary have the fallback of, of playing Waterford this week. But, you know, we've seen time and time again, you know, teams go and face Limerick and, you know, a quick turnaround seven days later. What would yesterday you have to take out of, out of, out of uh, Tipperary? You know, going, in, going into this week. But from the Limerick point of view, look, they're surviving. They're after surviving. They're still there. Uh, look, great credit to them. They're probably not not where they would like to be just yet. Um, but look, if you're, if you're a Limerick player, a Limerick management team, every time you go out, you have the kitchen sink thrown at you. Like, you know, and that must be very, very challenging. It must, it must be tough. And again, this week they're they're going. It's it's going to be the exact same thing. Cork are going to throw the throw the kitchen sink at them, and it's it's not a game where they go out and you know you go out and you play a, a game of hurling and and you know you go hammering tongs of it on the scoreboard. It's the physical element of it, like you know, you know, teams are just throwing everything at Limerick physically, and it's and it's probably it's probably it's probably starting to tell tell on Limerick both physically. And mentally, and I just feel if if Limerick can survive this weekend and get over Cork, get back into Crow Park, um, I think I, I think I think they'll become a dangerous animal then. But you know what's to say that you know it's going to be a foregone conclusion that that they get over Cork and you know what Cork have in their favour now they have a small bit of a small bit of a buffer be, behind them that the fact that. You know, if the game goes into squeaky bum time and goes down to the last five minutes, Cork have the fallback of knowing that, you know, if there's a point or two in it, a draw it was to get us over the line. But, you know, again, we talk about it, the jewel in the crown, the Munster Championship, uh, it just keeps getting better and better week on week. And we've another um, massive contest to, to look forward to this week in, in the Gaelic Crowns. Eddie, John had it in his column in the Irish Independent on Saturday that some people were saying that Limerick were like the veteran boxer leaning back against the, the ropes, kind of tired and nearly been waiting to be knocked out. They're still there. They're still there. They're still in that position. There's, there's an element of Kilkenny 2010, a bit of this to me with Limerick, where there's a physical fatigue, but maybe there's a mental fatigue. What's your, what's your read on, on Limerick? Yeah, well, I think you'd have to go along with their, they've been measured well for the last couple of years and it's about time someone, you know, was able to, you know, get a get a handle of them from a competitive point of view. It's not, you know, they've set a standard that everyone had to go up to if they're going to excel. So um, what you're seeing is teams are, you know, really targeting them in a lot of facets of the game. They're getting their matchups right. And there's no doubt about it. I think what's, what's, what's coming into play a little bit, look, is, they are on the road since 2018, quarterfinals 2017-ish. Though, yeah, the shortened season and all that, but they're still doing a lot of high-intensity hurling. You know, they've put in a big league. You know, that training that you're doing, yeah, it, it makes you stronger and faster and all that as you get older and all that. But sometimes it's it's like everybody wants a piece of I'm sure those Limerick lads have, you know, from 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 off-field stuff as well, they've become very, very popular. So there's a lot of things going on and, and that can have an impact. It can feel, you know, it can have an impact on players. You might just do slightly different things. You might be starting to go into reserves that you haven't before. But I think the big one, and I referenced that this today, like is the pressure is coming in on top of you, you know, because 
you know, and John Kiley touched on this, and I, and it is part of it. Like it's no matter it's every world sport you go to. When you are at the top, it's brilliant. You make your breakthrough. Then they they want Rydia, they want new champions, and Limerick are finding that at the moment. And it's a combination of all those things are starting to get in top of them, and then throwing as well a couple of lads dipping in form. And you know, just to take you back to even our little little old hurling trip mixer, like we were talking about this at breakfast one morning, and I said, you know, Limerick have a system, right? And it's very hard to go away from that coming out of the league, you'd say, awesome. But you're now coming into territory where everyone is measuring you upside down, inside out. They're getting matchups right. What if, you know, Canerk and Co decide or John Kiley decide, let's change it up a bit. And I said it to you one morning at breakfast, we were chatting with Kieran and Brendan. I said, you know, what about, I'd love to see is someone like Hegarty in on the edge of the square with Gillan. And I know you're changing a system that works, but you still have Tom... Tom Morrissey very effective where he is. Colin O'Neill had an unbelievable game yesterday. So it's 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 all of those things coming in on top of them, you know. And and as a player, right, just say for example, you know, the Keen Lynch or the Hegarty, you know yourself maybe you aren't, you know, flying or zipping as much as you'd like. And sometimes then the more you chase your form, the harder you try, the worse it can often get. And sometimes you know, whatever happens this year, right, and, and and come what may, and we have an exciting championship ahead of us, you know, but I almost felt that at the end of 2010, there was a bit of pressure off us. There was a monkey off our back a little bit. We could almost breathe out and just get on with your next step of your career. And, and you know, wh- wh- whatever that's going to be for Limerick, you know, this time next year to be potentially five in a row or whatever, it's like the dubs eventually just it just stops and I think as a player I felt anyway that at the end of 2010 you could breathe out and say right that's grand it's over and done with let's move on John just on Sunday and uh, I don't want to focus on that game too much but if Limerick, if Limerick were to go through the back get third place if they get a win against Cork they're going through the back door they're playing a preliminary quarter final potentially an All-Ireland quarter final semi-final and final and given how attritional Munster is that is far from the ideal path, shall we say, particularly with the fatigue. It looks like they're showing both mentally and physically this year. Yeah, and look, I suppose, you know, we're, we're contrasting between both Kilkenny going for the, the four in a row and, and, and uh, Dublin, the football. But look, what, what Kilkenny and Dublin had in their favour is that they had a, a relatively easier pathway than Limerick had. No disrespect to the teams back in, back in Leinster. Uh, back when Eddie was going, were going for the four in a row and the five in a row, and, and similar to the Dubs, they kind of knew that they were going to rock up to a semi final and that they could time their run. Probably, you know, have it in their own minds that right, we've two big hurdles to get over, and, and, we're, and we're going to win the All Ireland. But the difference here is that Limerick, you know, from the get go, you know, from day one, they have to be right at it. You know, you even see Waterford through the kitchen sink at him. Uh, you know, clear through the through, through the kitchen sink, and and they only came up short by a point. Uh, yet yesterday, Tipperary through the kitchen sink, and drew the game. Like Limerick could could very easily find themselves in in, in a monster final. You know, it was very little between, very little in, in any of the three games. But now they've got to get they've got to get over uh, a car team who aren't going to go away too easy. They're going to show the kitchen sink at 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 uh, Limerick. They're going to have to come in, come in through the back door. Now, look, when they won their first All-Ireland, they won it through the back door. But there's a big, big difference between going this route 
now, what, five, six years later than, than when they were going, first start, starting out in their journey, where they were fresh, they were young, they know miles on the clock. And, you know, if they get to an all and quarter final, which which if, if they get over the weekend, they, they will probably win, the, they will win the, the preliminary quarter final. As I go back to you, you're then coming up against a fresh Galway or a fresh Kilkenny side. Um, who again are going to are going to throw the kitchen sink sink at, at Kilkenny? So effectively, that's going to be five, you know, really high intense uh, battles that they're going to have to overcome before they even before they even rock up to it to it to an All Ireland semi final. So there's no given that you know if if that the, the path that they will go down possibly now, um, if they do get over over Cork. Is going to be the right pathway. I I think the opposite of that if if they won the Munster final, it would have you know got them into an all an all Ireland semi final. It would have given them another break of, of, of probably tr- three weeks. But just to jump to jump in on that, John. Then if if we were to go back then, and I think you're right. Like it, there's no doubt it's it's a bit lopsided. So that beggars a question in the overall scheme of the championship. You know what's the best way? What's the the way that gives everyone the same platform, the same types of matches? It's very hard to do that. The only one that's going to allow that is maybe a ten-team league-based championship. But you obviously your Munster championship can't be just swatted aside for that, or the Leinster championship. But I suppose the the point I'm making is if you look at then do, does the way your matches that you get the draw in the Munster championship does that lend itself to then a strategic? You know, you look at Clare now; they get three weeks now to refresh for that Munster. So they're they've their business done. The boys will go at it for another week. You know, tip as well, played a match, then off for another two weeks, played another match. Whereas Limerick got the double up two and two and, and the more than Waterford. So what I'm saying is the way the draws are in the round robin can often hinder you. If you know what I mean, you say, look, it looks like it has trundled down Limerick and unmerciful path now ahead, or even for any monster team if there's come through. So uh, you know, how the, the fixtures are made is significant. It's a bit like the rugby. If you're at home for the couple of matches, it it can be significant. But it's the timings of those matches. Whereas they have to go, like you said, there another massive weekends where they have to go all out and then recharge the batteries for Clare in the Munster final. Whoever you know, with with a, with a three week wait, you know. So that's uh, that's an that's an element that's that does have an impact. I think. But Eddie, Eddie, I go back to like, like we go back to last year. I right? take for instance, like the two battles that Clare had against Limerick, like, and, and we seen it. How much is it, it, it took out of Clare when they got to the All Ireland series? But like Wexford should should have possibly beaten them in in Torres, and Kilkenny blew them out of water in in, in Crow Park. But we forget that, you know. There's never any the question like how, how how much of how much of an impact it would have on Limerick, and we're we're actually starting to see it now. The impact it's starting to have that it's 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 you can see it's starting to take its toll. Where these teams are just throwing the kitchen sink at, at Limerick week in week out, and you can see it in and and they're only they're only human. They're they're bound to win, but you know is is there enough in the tank? To say, well, look, we we'll get over Cork, and we still have another three, three battle, three big battles to go and win, go and win the four in a row. The, the thing I will be clinging to, if I, if I am a Limerick fan, is that they are a Crow Power team. They seem to they seem to grow even more when they get into Crow Power, and that's where I think where that's where I think your your Keen Lynches, your Garrow Hegarty's 
will will come will come alive and 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 they'll find their form uh, in Crow Park. But the biggest the biggest challenge for Limerick is getting into Crow Park because you know they're going to have to overcome Cork and are possibly going to have to win an All Ireland quarter final against a fresh Kilkenny or a fresh Galway team, possibly in in, in Torres again. Yeah, Limerick have plenty under plate this weekend against Cork and we'll chat about Cork in a minute. Eddie, just want to have a look at Tip quickly. Uh, to me, this was a bit of a statement performance from Tip, especially given some of the bodies that they're missing. Um, I thought, I just thought tactically they got it spot on. Even Ree Shelley coming into the nets, I thought he offered a huge amount from puck outs. Uh, the ball was barely gone wide and the ball was back in play. They didn't let Limerick set up and get their kind of system in place for puck outs. Um, and even to get the draw, they've, you know, they've lost games coming down the stretch against Limerick the last couple of years. This, like, I know they didn't win, but still a huge, huge performance. Very, very heartening for this year and for the coming years. Oh, yeah, look, you, you'd have to say, look, okay, one little moment in a match, which could have been the lifeline, we'll say, if Mulcahy sees Peter Casey inside him, could that have been the knockout blow? And you'd say that's what the top teams do. But I think it probably would have been an injustice to Tipperary not to get something out of that match. They hurled so well. Uh, Reese went in and I thought he mixed it up lovely. You know, there was a few there in the first half, you'd say, that it was out of trying to do. He was trying to keep Tipperary moving at a high tempo. You know, he mixed it up lovely. He went to Ronamar when he needed to. Ronamar fired some good balls down. Then a few times he went, you know, it was almost like a stripe move there. He went to Breen, came out himself, took the receiving straight down on top. And I think Garota Connor made a great catch and they got a score out of that. So I thought he quarterbacked things lovely, which is what you really need. You know, the modern goalkeeper has to be that. Um, so, you know, in fairness to him, he gave them a great platform. But overall, matchups wise, you know, Dan McCormack, I think we were talking about a couple of us during the week. We're saying, you know, is Dan McCormick the man to maybe be that little kind of a, he's like a wasp going around. You know, he's just annoying and he's stuck with, with, with Hegarty, really frustrated him. And then, look, I suppose I referenced two lads today, Noel McGrath in particular, we'll talk about, but the Bonner, Jesus, what a man. Like, he, he just, I don't know how he made up ground on several tackles. Like, he was in kind of corner forward and then he was out. He was just all over the place and, he was aggressive. He was winning tackles. You know, he was blown for a hand pass that was a perfect hand pass. But uh, what Tipperary managed to do, and fairness to Liam Kyle and Beavens, they got their tactics, you know, really, really good. They managed to open up Limerick a bit more than I've seen Limerick opened up in a long time. And how they done that? The ball was sticking. They, were, they weren't fumbling ball. And then they were breaking the tackle. And they turned Limerick around. They turned the Limerick backs around time and again and ran at them. You know, you had two of the Limerick backs, I think, booked early doors. At one stage there, Jake Morris came in from underneath the, the stand side there in the 45, and he was able to jinx left and right with, with Mike Casey. And, you know, you had a picture of a Limerick defence at that moment in time with, with four defenders inside the 45, which is just unseen. So, um, Tip's energy, and I think overall, whatever happens this year with Tip, and Tip won't ever, you know, they're, they're that type of county that... They may have looked at this year as maybe they won't be successful this year. Maybe we'll build and all the injuries. But by God, they won't want anything less than, than a bit of silverware. That is just the nature of the county and the expectation. But it augurs fierce well for Tipperary as a county and for Liam Cal, knowing that you have a nice bunch of players to come back in for next season. And these boys now this year are putting the jerseys, the jerseys are on their back and they're probably saying, 
I'll do a job for you. So all in all, Liam Cal has the perfect mix there at the moment. And as John said there, I think the one issue going to be for them, they are supremely fit. But God, they're going to have to, you know, make sure that they don't, that there's no slip up this weekend. No pressure on you, Eddie. You're obviously my Karki Boris manager and you have Reece Shelley in the net. So no, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure to make sure you, you utilise him fairly well this year. But uh, John, just uh, on, on Tipperary as well, even just as I said to Eddie there, the nature of at the start of the second half, Limerick looked like they were making a bit of a push. Tipper up by three at half time. All of a sudden, what is it? 39 minute, Limerick are back ahead. But Tip just kept biting back and biting back. And there was just like, it's amazing to think of the turnaround within Tipperary in 12 months. We have a Tipperary team who last year couldn't get a point in Munster and weren't really competitive. And now they just look a completely different animal. I go back to it, lads. It's, 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 it's the Bevins and the cattle factor. And I keep banging the drum. I've seen it myself, you know, the impact that they had down here in, in Waterford in such a short space of time. And you only have to look at the players, the way, you know, the transformation, some of the players, Dan McCormick being one, uh, Jake Morris. I mean, Jake Morris, lads, before, like, he's just putting the head down. He's just going straight for goal. Like, before, like, he was probably playing outside outside the perimeters, happy to, to pick off a point or two. But now he's just, he, he, he's on in all-star form. Marquio. Uh, oh, yeah. Brilliant. You know, you made some impact. Connor Bow, you look at Noel McGrath. I mean, Eddie touched on it. To be to be live in Torres yesterday and to witness that pass from uh, Noel McGrath. I think it was was it was it the bow? Bow, yeah. I mean, no, yeah. It was it, but it was the bow, and like you know, Jesus, it was just it was just a remarkable pass. And I I don't probably Noel McGrath. I'd say he's probably the one player I love watching at the moment. He's just. He's just incredible. Like, and he's what, 32, 32 33 years of age, and probably playing the best hurling, probably the best hurling he's played in the, in the last couple of years. You look at Callan, the impact Callan is, is having off, off, off the bench. Uh, you know, you look at, look, look at Carl Barrett. Uh, look, and they look, you just, they just look a, a totally different side to the, where they were 12 months ago. And you know what they have? They have the buy-in of the Tipperary supporters. You know, the Tipperary supporters, there's an appreciation now uh, for this Tipperary team. And that, that was evident in the aftermath of the match. You know, the Tipperary supporters stayed behind. Some of the Tipperary so, so supporters came on, came on to the field in, in, in the aftermath. And I, I touched on it, lads. I said it there two or three weeks ago. The longer they stay in this competition, the more they're going to grow under 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 Bevins and, and Liam Cal. Can they win the All-Ireland? Look, they're, they're still outsiders, but I, I'll tell you, if 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 Limerick are, are, are keep going the way they're going and, and, and struggling along, uh, Tipperary are, are right up there and and, and, and genuine contenders to, to go push on and win the Monster Championship and push on and probably maybe maybe win the Lee McCarthy Cup this year. Now, look, Just look at some too, though. 100, 117 hooks, blocks and tackles they done yesterday. That's phenomenal, lads. That is absolutely off the charts. Eddie, I've never seen as many blocks in. I haven't seen that many blocks in a big game in ten years. I'd say since you played, since you played Tipperary in the replay in fourteen, I'd say I haven't seen that many blocks. Like there must have been eight or nine really like clear cut, brilliant, ex- brilliantly executed blocks. It was outrageous. There was there was a couple there that players had no right to get. Like uh, 
I think Noel McGrath got a big one and they got a score off it. But even Declan Hannon came down the sideline and I think it was maybe Conor Bow came from nowhere, or Stakeland. One of them came from nowhere. And it he had definitely 10, 12 metres on him and how he got there and got a hurl in. And it was just, even there was one there, uh, I think it was the, 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 the Bonner got a great one as well. He had no right to get it. And he picked, was it Kyle Hayes' pocket or Declan Hannon's pocket later on? Like, and that's that's John touched on it there. I think under Cal Waterford were that team too. The 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 work rate, the appetite for work all over the pitch. Like yeah, Jake Morris back around his own half back line at one stage clearing ball. So it's look, yeah, we, we talk about systems and tactics, yes, really important now in Hurland. But by God, lads, if you don't have brilliant basics, which are your work rate and everyone, everyone has to put in the work rate. And that, that to me is the foundation of of, of uh, Aleem Kyle and Bevan's team. Then it's after that they, they get the ball in hand, then they run direct and we know at Tipperary they will have hurlers, they will have brains. But I think just a, a, a tip of a hat to Noel McGrath, lads, like in a modern day, the, the fitness and the hurling, you know, it's off the charts, the level of athleticism that's required. And I saw, now fair enough, his game is maybe not galloping up and down the pitch, but he gets around very, very well. He had lads coming off with cramp and he was there to minutes, yeah. what, 77. Like, so fair play to the man. Well, his brain, his hurling brain is just, is just incredible, right? Like he's, his feet might be slowing down, but he still has that extra second where on, on other players and he's able to see things that other players can't see. You can't, you can't buy that. But just going on, on this weekend's game, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a dangerous game for Tipperary. I'll tell you why. Like, Waterford has to bring something to the table this, this week. Like, Davy Fitzgerald has to get a performance for, 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 for himself. Uh, for his own managerial career, I think he has to show something this week. I think the player, Waterford players have to come out, have to show something. I think they have to bring something to the table. I think if you're Davy, I'd say he'll just say, look, we're just going to go for it. We're just going to throw off the shackles. We're not going to overburden lads with, with tactics. I think he'll probably freshen it. I think he'll freshen it up. And go back to that league fixture, lads. You know, there was a bit of, you know, a few words, uh, you know, said in the aftermath and said dur- during the match. So there was a bit of niggle, niggle that, that night. And I think, you know, Davy will be reminding his players, you know, lads, you know, we're going to have a, a right crack of Tipperary. Uh, this weekend, um, you know, and he will be reminding the lads of 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 that that fixture back back in the league. And the last thing we've got to we got to touch on: how much physically has that game taken out of out out of Tipperary? As I've touched on, we've seen time and time again, you know, the quick turnaround six seven days after playing Limerick, teams can can struggle. Um, and look, Waterford have had the break; they're going to be fresh. Now, in saying all that, Tipperary should win the game. If they perform, uh, you will be thinking they will the game. But it's it's just a little, it, it, it could be a little bit of a dangerous game. And it mightn't be as clear cut as everyone is saying that, you know, Tip are going to rock up. They're going to hammer, hammer Waterford. Um, they're going to get the two points and they're going to rock into a monster final. I think they'll, they'll, might win, they'll win this match, but it might be just after a scare or two. There's a potential that Liam Cattle could be banished to the stand as well, given that he was showing a red card yesterday. So we'll we'll follow that with uh, with a lot of interest. There's a lot of things we're not sure about in Munster, lads. But the one thing we are sure about is that Clare are in a Munster final, 
Uh, an absolutely epic win over Corkdown in Cusick Park yesterday. Dermot Ryan popping up with the winner. I think he ended up with four points and, and the Man of the Match award. They're they're genuine monster on All Ireland contenders, realistically yeah. now, Eddie, aren't they? Ah, uh, yeah, no, you have to, you know, say it. Jesus, Brian Lowen has done an incredible body of work there. He has assembled an All Ireland, you know, monster squad. They they had to. I think he, you know, even last year how close they were in Munster, he probably still would have went and said we need a few more. Mean and Rogers have been, you know, they're what they have is a bit of impact off the bench as well, but. Um, I just see uh, it's like a clear team of old in a way, and that's obviously Brian Lowen's way. Just the desire that's in them, you know. There's a real desire in these boys. Dermot Ryan, you know, he wasn't resting on his laurels, and even McInerney yesterday, like even when there was Cork were coming at them, they still stuck at it. They still were brave. Um, you know, Tony Kelly had a had a great game again, but. Jesus, look, they're able to mix it up as well. Tactically, they're, they're they're smart. Like for a while there, I think in the first half, you know, you had Tony Kelly and Duggan inside in the full forward line as a two. Old and school, yeah. They they obsess uh, Cork a little bit because Cahalan, like, is a big imposing fella. And Jesus, one thing Duggan doesn't do, and you 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 described him as a pest. He's he is that type of full forward. He's he's angry. He's he reminds me of Owen Kelly from Tip years ago in that he would scrap for every single ball. He never, even even a free or a hot ball, he'd be growling at the ref looking for something. And that just kind of, he, he, he brings the fight the whole time. But overall, look, I think what Clare have too is they have a nice settled team. And I think, you know, when you go back to how Limerick got to where they got to now, it was over maybe two or three campaigns or as the match, as the year wore on, it's like Clare in 13. As the year wore on and we got to the All-Ireland series, Conor Ryan started to emerge as one of the key men for that Clare team in 13. Well, Malone is after emerging for me as the silence worker. Like the amount of graft that he gets through and Ryan Taylor as well, they're not much heralded. And, and Carl Malone has probably had his critics over the years, but fair play to someone like him the value of someone like he's like the Donahue there for a while with Limerick. He just was invisible, really. And I just think that that work that he does will allow other guys. But when you have a forward division that they have, like and, and just a quick one, Shane Do- Shane O'Donnell's breakdown when when Claire needed a score in that second half to control a ball out of the sky like that amidst a couple of cork guys and then set up a score. But uh no, they're good. I and and I think there's if one thing that's driving this Claire bunch is they have a, a very driven manager. But, they're hungry. They are hungry. They're a really hungry team and they're energised. Just one thing. Am I right in saying, has Aidan McCarty played wing back before? He has, hasn't he? Yeah, he, started he has, off yeah. Wing-back. Started off, yeah. Yeah, so for me, like if Conor Cleary is out, which which will probably, the likelihood is, is he's going to be out. So, what well, McInerney is going to go back, uh, full back. I, I like having that big wall of three across where you had McInerney, you had John Conlon and you had Dermot Ryan. If, if if I was Brian Lowe now and just just throwing it out there, I would I I would put Aidan McCarty back wing back. I'd go Aidan McCarty. I'd go McInerney, and I'd go Dermot Ryan. If if Cleary's going to be out, and I put McInerney back at three, and I, you have, you know, you have that attack attack from either wing. Then you've Dermot Ryan bombing forward. You've uh, you've Aiden you've you've McCarty because as Eddie touched on, they have the luxury. Of bringing in the likes of Shannor, uh, Mean, Ian Galvin, so they're not short. They're not short up fo- up front. 
which will allow him to probably push Aidan McCarthy back to wing back if if, if they were to go, go and take that option. Definitely an interesting one. Uh, definitely an interesting one. I'm hearing that Conor Cleary has a dislocated shoulder. He looked in he looked in awful pain yesterday and he's never wanted to go down. He looked in awful trouble. Yeah, and I just think it would bring a, just a totally, totally different dynamic to, to, to their game. And uh, it probably would bring the same dynamic as kind of a limerick where you have Jeremy Burns on one side Kyle Hayes, they're able to defend, but they're able to bomb forward at, at, at the at the best of times. Um, and I just think, you know, I think I think Brian Lowen may may delve into that and may look at his options. And say, you know what? I think we we might even get more out of Aidan McCarthy. He might be more freer, um, you know, back wing back and attacking from wing back. Well, they definitely have a surplus of attackers anyway and maybe a deficit in defenders. You'd still have Keane Nolan or Shane Amori maybe to come in, who did really well actually yesterday when, no, when, he, did, when, he, when, he, when he did come in. Eddie, from a from a Cork point of view, um, lost the game, obviously, but to me lost with a lot of credit because it looked like the game was going away from them at different yeah. stages. Um, and, you know, got a draw against, against Tipperary again when the game was probably going away from them. To me, they're going into the into a, into the Limerick game in, in a super position, beaten, albeit beaten, but beaten with plenty of credit. Yeah, and it's probably disappointing for him. Like you look at, I often say about you know moments in matches, you know, and like even, and I know we we, we don't know we can, we haven't a crystal crystal ball, but just for talk sake, and I know it was minimal, and I know there was a bit of gammon on and all the rest of it, but if Tim O'Mahony doesn't do that, Cork possibly get. 25, 30 seconds when that free lands to play it out. You know, they, they might have got to see it out. So these are little moments, like, and you say, Jesus, it's a little rush of the blood in the head. There was very little in it. But that's just after losing them a tiny bit of time, maybe, to get that. But look, going back to your question, yeah, I think they're in a good position to go and take on Limerick now because, you know, the, the Cork will have the energy. They will, they will always bring loads of legs low, running all over the place. I mean, that's what rattled Claire at the start yesterday. They went with the two boys inside and, and there was loads of space. They, they dragged the Claire halfbacks probably right out to the flanks and created good space. But obviously, Claire figured them out then. Um, yeah, they got they got a couple of good scores out of nothing. Horgan, like again, I don't think he hit the penalty particularly well, but he still, you know, caused a lot of trouble. He was tidy. He's, he, he looked himself a little bit more as well. And they have... You know, arguably, probably their better team started yesterday. I think Shane Kingston tends to blow hot and cold, but he's always a good man off the bench. So they're in good battle. Look, it's 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 die dog. You know, or shite the license, as we say, in terms of what Cork have to do this weekend. They have to go out and get, it's it's all or nothing. And maybe that's sometimes sometimes you just have to just that's it. The pressure is on now. There's no more gimmies. There's no more buybacks. It's all or nothing here. And this is what we're made of. And I think uh, it'll be it'll be Pat Ryan be fierce disappointed if they don't. But uh, they have to be very, very ruthless uh, this weekend. Um, I'm sure they have uh, a game plan that's going to allow them to try get try create space. But um, they are in good fettle to go into that. But there is that little, it's like an old black cloud hanging over them that the, the pressure is on now to deliver. And they have there has to be a little bit of a doubt there at the same time too. Yeah, just a quick word on Cork, John. Um, what what was your reading on them yesterday, and how do you see, uh, just even how do you see that game going next Sunday? Yeah, look, I suppose uh, you know when they were eight points down, the easiest thing you know we've seen time and time again that you know 
with certain amount of these car players that they, they would have you know down tables or, or thrown in the towel. They didn't they didn't stay with that yesterday uh, under under Pat Ryan, which which is very encouraging bringing into into this weekend. I think one thing that Cork will have this weekend. I think they'll have their best fifteen starting. Will they start Shane Kingston or will, will they hold, hold him in in reserve again? I think I think they'll hold. I think they'll they'll hold Conor Lahan this weekend. I think Conor Lahan will be better off coming into the match. I think Jeremy Elric will start. I couldn't understand why Jeremy Elric didn't yeah. start. I thought it was it was crazy. Even when he came on for the the blood sub for Tommy O'Connell and then he went off again. You know they they kind of lost ten minutes in that period where they where they could have just said, well, you know what, you're just gonna you're gonna stay on the field. So yeah, I think Cork they have the legs, they have the energy, you know, and you know Limerick yesterday were vulnerable, you know, in that full back line, and if Cork can get the runners. Um, into their forward line, they can cause they can cause that Limerick um, full back line uh, an awful lot of an awful lot of problems. The one worry I would have for Cork yesterday, they didn't win too many rocks. I I counted, you know, rock after rock after rock. Clare came out with every ball, bar the exception of of one or two. They're going to have to they're going to have to improve and going to have to improve in that area. But look again, if they can stay in the match, bring it down to the last quarter. You know, who knows? Anything, anything could have, could have happened the weekend. And you know what? You know, Pat Ryan, a lot of these car players will be saying, "Well, look, lads, you know what? Uh, we've had you know an awful lot of disappointment at the hands of of Limerick, uh, i.e., you know, 2018 All Ireland semi final when you know this Limerick team were were coming of age, the All Ireland final 2021 where you know the Limerick just blew them out of the water." And Pat Ryan and the uh, the car management team might be saying to these players, "Well, look, lads, it's uh, it's payback time." So yeah, look, it's as Eddie touched on, it's just going to be a meltwatering clash and a, and a cracker to look forward. I think they need to be in front, Mick. I think they need to be leading. I think Cork need to probably get their noses in front around that third quarter. I think to be if they can keep maybe slightly ahead of Limerick, that might be the way. Because uh, now, as we said there, they came back brilliantly yesterday. But I think for themselves, they're, you know, if you're coming into the last 15 and you're 2-3 up, that might be what they need. That's when, they, that's when you can unload your bench and bring in your energy. Well, it's going to be a fascinating weekend ahead of Munster. Uh, you could say Leinster has been left in the shade somewhat, but uh, Westmead produced one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen in, in any sport yesterday. They were 17 down and came back and ended up winning by two, banged in four second-half goals. By all records, from talking to everyone and anyone, it's the biggest uh, comeback in championship history. I think 14 points would have been the previous one, and that ended in a draw. Um, we just focus on Westmead for a second, Eddie. Like, just phenomenal, really. They were two 14 to three points down. They, they rattle in four, was it, four 13 in the second half. They hadn't, hadn't scored from play in the first half. Absolutely bonkers. And, and like, you look at that team, like, there's no Killian Dylan there. So, yeah. oh, look, yeah, you just have to take your hat off to them because I've encountered these boys on, on the good and the bad of it uh, twice as, as uh, in under-21 matches. I think we might have barely were beaten one day and barely got out of Cusick Park the second day. A couple of times then in McDonough competitions, there's a lot of quality hurlers up there. They pride themselves on their hurling. They're, they're, they're just... And they're pulling out a small pool. So what they achieved yesterday was... Incredible. I remember checking Twitter at one stage and seeing the score and I said, right, that's that's that done and dusted. And I just couldn't believe it afterwards when the, the, the news started to get around 
that they were after doing a job on Wexford. So you just say to them, fair play to them. Um, there's some quality hurlers in there like that that have stayed the course. I think a lot of those guys, you, you'd forgive them because they've taken some heavy beatings over the years. But to be fair to them, they stick at it and they stick at it. And like, again, I touched on it there. Tommy Doyle is a guy I've been watching for quite some time. You know, he when you think of it a few years ago up in Torles, maybe was it eighteen or nineteen, he done a serious job on Shamie Callan above in a in a you know, right, so yeah. that's that's the level this fella is at. And there's other lads there like just looking through their team, like Niall O'Brien, I know he's probably in the latter part of his career, but geez, if you know, throw Killian back into that team, you know, David Lennon, Joey Boyle, even the bench would say Derek McNichtis, who's their season campaigner, came back on. So you just have to admire what they've done because I think at this point in the championship, you could forgive them a little bit for maybe not being as energised or not as driven. But that's the that's the mark of this group of players. And you just have to say a fair play to them. But they've dealt, they've dealt Wexford an unmerciful blow. Yeah, they definitely have. John, I just want to throw something at you here. This is what Joe Fortune, I asked him, what did he say to them at half time? He said, I was just really honest with them. I said, we've nothing to lose in the second half. We have families and supporters coming down here. And I just felt we were embarrassing in the first half. I just felt we were too restricted in our play. I put it to them at half time that it was embarrassing. And I said, there are people down here that are paying their good money. And do you want to leave a legacy as the best Westmead team ever? Uh, it was the first time in the dressing room that I felt, was I a bit too harsh with them? And did they really believe me? Just go out and hurl for the second half and cut these things of systems and shapes and puckouts. He also said they'll probably need a new tactics board because they think he fairly obliterated it <laughs> at, 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 at half time. But they played with a sweeper in the first half, John. Uh, against a bit of a breeze, got no luck out of it, went mano on mano in the second half and just looked a completely different outfit. Sometimes maybe you just need to not restrict lads and you just need to let lads hurl off the cuff. Yeah, and look, I was looking at the highlights last night. I mean, the vast majority of their, their scores in the last couple of minutes came from just a long high ball, lamped it in, and Jermaine Noel Mitchell went up and, you know, Went over they went over Matthew Hanlon caught one or two balls and stuck it in the back of the net. And sometimes, you know, we, we touched on it here what two weeks ago. You know, sometimes you go back to basics and just, you know, the fundamentals of, you know, just getting the ball, you know, putting having the ball the other end of the field, causing consternation back in in any full back, full back line. And look, you were a corner back, Eddie was a corner forward, I was a corner forward. What does a corner back or, or, or a full back hate? The quick ball in. What does a corner forward or full forward love? The quick ball in. And I think we're, you know, we're starting to see it now that we're probably, you know, going back to, you know, the old fundamentals of just getting a quick ball in. And we even seen it yesterday in the Tipperary uh, Limerick game, you know, quick ball into Jake Morris, quick ball into Marquio, uh, and and they got the scores. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you just have to revert to that. And that's what. You know, Westmead reverted to yesterday. They just threw caution to the wind, just said, you know what, we're just going to go for it now. You know, throw tactics out the window, throw sweeper out the window, uh, throw tippy-tappy hurling out the window um, and just go for it. And that's what they did yesterday and they got their, they got their just rewards. Um, from a Wexford point of view, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a devastating result for them. Um, you know, and, and the consequences of, of that result yesterday going into this weekend that you know they now have to go and, and get something against Kilkenny which ain't going to be easy you know to, even to pick themselves up after last weekend they're going to be relying then if, if they don't get anything then against Kilkenny they're going to be relying on on um, 
Westmead to do him a favour against Antrim, you know, that's 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 not a given either. So, you know, it's 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 unthinkable to even think of, of Wexford playing Joe McDonough Cup hurling because to be fair to Wexford, you know, they're not a Joe McDonough Cup team. No disrespect to, to Offaly or Leash, you know, with, with certain bad results down through the years. Back then, it probably, no disrespect to Offaly, it's great to see Offaly back now, but back then, it probably still the likes of Leash or Offaly to, to, to drop down a division. Yeah, Offaly were beaten in their five games and had no complaints. Do you know what I mean? I'm beaten yeah, comprehensively, and look, and, you know? And, and, and comprehensively. Like, you're not seeing that with Wexford. Like, like you go through their games, they should have beaten Dublin. Uh, they, beat, they beat Antrim by, by six or seven points. Uh, they beat Kilkenny in Nolan Park last year. They beat no, Kilkenny in Nolan Park last year. So, you know, I'm just thinking, like, if if... I'm just saying results don't go their way this weekend and, and they are rele- relegated to Joe McDonough. I think they're going to have to review it, lads. I, I, look, and look, the same, but look, the rules are the rules and they, they have to go down. But look, we're trying, to, we're trying to build our game, we're trying to build our competitions and we're trying to get up as many counties as possible to, to, to go and compete at, 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 at Lee McCarthy level. Sometimes some teams aren't ready to go up and compete at that level, but don't tell me. Look, don't tell me it'd be good for Ireland if 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 Wexford drop down for a year or two and, and go and compete at, at Joe McDonough Cup level. Absolutely not. And I just think, as a whole, I've touched on as a whole. I think it's just it's 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 come to a crossroads now where the Munster Championship and the Leinster Championship have to be looked at, and there has to be a bit of restructure brought into brought into the thinking of where where teams are going to go going forward in regards qualifying for the All-Ireland Series because it's chalk and cheese, lads, the contrast between the Munster Championship and the Leinster Championship. And you only have to look at the attendances. As a Kilkenny man said to me yesterday at the match, you know, you look at the two attendances at, at, at the two Munster games yesterday would nearly would nearly add up to the whole you know the whole total of the attendance of the of the whole Leinster championship outside of uh, outside the Leinster final. So I just think it's 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 going to come to a head. I think we're at a crossroads now where where the championship is going to have to be revamped um, and look looked at in in general. Yeah, I, I I'd agree with that. I think when you look at and I know look all these things they have to be tried and they come in for good reason and all that. But when you look at it now, lads, like we're we're coming towards the end of May. And we're potentially in another in by next weekend, by this day next week, we have six plus your two McDonough teams left in the senior hurling championship. And like going into the month of June, it's 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 just mad. It 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 definitely and I and I've been kind of holding back for the last year or two, kind of looking at it, saying, No, no, you want to give it a chance. And there's been epic matches below in Monster for the last couple of years, this year particularly. But I do think now, like you're looking at it, because no, not many clubs are going to kick into gear straight away. That's not going to happen. You're not going to see county finals being played before September. They'll be very, very rare if it is. So the club isn't getting back, and I know there was a reason for that. But I definitely think our our intercounty season, and again, I come back to the league based format where you have maybe a preliminary quarter final involving eight teams, four more teams waiting in a quarter final or something like that, and they play every two weeks might be something to look at. It's then how you house your Munster and Leinster championships. Yeah, it's well, definitely... I, I, well, I'll leave you on this one, lads, right? You take Cork and Limerick this weekend, right? Come come 5.30 on Sunday evening, one of those two teams are going to be gone out of the championship, right? You look at the two of those teams to date, 
the two of them have been involved in some crackers in the Monster Championship. And they're only defeated in one match each. Their only defeat in one match each has come with a margin of one point. And now, sun, come Sunday at 5.30, one of those, one of those two teams are going to, going, to, going to be gone out of the championship before June. It's absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, it's definitely something that they're going to have to look at in time. Just the other two uh, matches in the Leinster Championship, there were wins for Kilkenny. They had a six-point win over uh, over Dublin in Nolan Park. And there was a comprehensive, comprehensive win for Galway as well. But that's all we have time for on this week's episode of The Throwing. Thanks a million for joining us, Eddie Brennan and uh, John Milan. Uh, keep, keep in tune with the podcast on Spotify and we will see you again next week. Thanks a million for joining and goodbye. This is an Irish independent podcast.